Hi there, this is Greg Legro. And this is Jamie Dew. Of Fully and Completely. Um, You're listening to... Ah, hello and welcome to Fully and Completely. My name is Greg Legros. And I'm Jamie Dew. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you today? You know what? It's all right. Oh, it's all right. It yeah. is all right. Uh, uh, thank you for joining us. We are going to be going through the studio albums of the Tragically Hip, a band from Kingston, Ontario. Uh, we'll dabble into a couple of these side things that pop up here and there, some solo stuff from Gord. And, uh, but that's basically what we're going to do. One episode per album. And we're going to work through our way through uh, everything they put out for us. That's right. We'll look at their career through their albums. That's right. That's right. Oh have a real nice time doing it. Yes. Well, gee whiz, uh, the only place to start is the first full-length album, 1989, up to here. Um, it was released in September of 1989. Was it in September? Yeah. Wow, I totally thought it was a summer album. Yeah, it feels summery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 1989, was a lot, a lot of things happening. Uh, fun Canadian stuff. The, the uh, Grey Cup. Uh, it was the 77th Grey Cup. Uh, it was played between the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And the Tiger Cats won. That is correct. Yes, mm. knew it. Uh, oh, wait. No, no, sorry. Did you say Tiger Cat? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, sorry. It was one on a uh, 43... Uh, it was 43-40 for the Rough Riders oh. uh, on a big field goal at the end of the game. And I think that was the first... Grey Cup game ever played in the Skydome. Uh, yeah, I think you're correct. It was in the yeah. Skydome. Uh, probably the first. What is this, 89? Definitely yeah. the first. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so the Rough Riders uh, in 89 are uh, one of two <laughs> CFL teams. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, no, no. There was the Rough Riders. And the Rough Riders. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and how many See, teams? Were, and how many? I eight, mean, there were like 9,000 teams. 9, what, only eight, eight? Eight teams. <laughs> My when I moved uh, to Canada, I was already a football fan. Yep. I'm, I'm from Chicago, Illinois, and uh, it was 1985. The Chicago Bears won, and there's a Super Bowl shuffle, all kinds of stuff. I just I, I drank the punch. I was in. Uh, and then I moved to Canada. I'm like, another football league? Oh, my goodness. This is great. Eight teams. Uh, two of them have the same name. <laughs> you, come from a, you come from such a city that has this nuance, too, right? You have the Bears. Yeah. And then you have the Cubs. Yeah. You know, they're oh, bear, yeah, they're bear yeah. Cubs, That's right? right. Isn't it adorable? Well. Yes. It all fits together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was alarming for me. <laughs> well, but now they, they've rectified this. They've they've yeah. uh, reestablished their team, and now they've got the very unique name of the uh, Red, red Blacks. Blacks. <laughs> Which is our favorite color. Yeah. Well, it's either red hey, or listen, black. Their uniforms are both red and black. That's true. So yes. nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> very hey, good. listen, before we go into anything else, yeah. I need to present you with something. Oh. A, a chalice, as uh, it were. Oh, shit. For you to be enjoying beverages out of during the recordings of this oh, show. What's going on? It's wrapped Take a look. In it's wrapped in, to Toys R Us, mm. a flyer from today. Oh, I got no. it from thehip.com. <laughs> That's how you know it's current flyer from today. Oh, shit. Bam. Oh, no. Oh, it's a uh, tragically hip mug, uh, tired as fuck. I was going to save it for that record, but, oh, you know, that would no, be the end of the show. No, the beginning. This is great. Yeah. I just died when that song came out. I heard the <laughs> news, and then the Tired as Fuck was the single that was out. It was like, I'm just going to die right now. This is too much. <laughs> oh, that's great, buddy. Wow. Cheers, cheers. Damn. You All right. drink your dragon's milk. I know. Day. We do have some very <laughs> strong beer happening. <laughs> <laughs> we might make it up to here. <laughs> we might, yeah. It's 11% beer. Anyway. So uh, that was the story of the Grey Cup in 1989. Bigger story in sports uh, for Canadian sports fans, uh, the Stanley Cup Finals in 1989. Uh, last time, it was the last time that the finals uh, featured two Canadian teams. 
Oh, wow, right. Yeah, it was the uh, Calgary Flames and the Montreal Canadiens with the Flames winning in That's six. That's right, getting their comeuppance after That's the That's right, uh, Dougie Gilmore with a big goal. Yeah. Wow, I totally Won it that. in game six. I'm not a hockey guy. I just remember Lanny McDonald had a big yeah. facial hair. Yeah. But I I mean, I, I have a weird relationship with hockey coming from the States, even though the Midwest is a little more hockey-friendly than most. I mean, I had no yeah. exposure to it. It didn't happen in gym class or anything growing up. There's really? no, no one played hockey. It was not a thing. Hmm. And then I came here, and there was. It was very much a thing. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of that. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> enjoy <laughs> hockey sports. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, it took a long time for me to warm up to the game, and I only really care about the Leafs. Like, really? I can't just watch a game if it doesn't feature the Leafs. Huh. I'm an, you know Oilers, I mean? I'm an Oilers fan. And, Fair uh, enough. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I uh, I mean, I watched I watched the finals. I've seen them a lot. And when the Blackhawks were in the last couple of years, I watched that. Not all the games. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> not all of them. Because it's not, it wasn't There's the Leafs. The Leafs are the only, like, that's the only, that's how I got excited. Gary Roberts made me go, like, right. this is the kind of thing that I love about sports. And, uh, but, the, but the only thing then, if I'm, you know, sort of paying attention to hockey at all, when it gets into the playoffs... If the Leafs aren't involved, all I care about are the Canadian teams that are there, ah. which is also odd that I'm an American. I'm, yeah, you know, I'm mostly Canadian. I've been here for a very right. long time, but uh, I just don't. It just doesn't. Uh, no, <laughs> I, just, I feel like they just don't deserve it as much. <laughs> American teams, fuck that. They don't care as much. Um, and so this is cool. Like I would have, I didn't care in 1989, but looking back on it, I'm like, well, that's really amazing. And it was the last time that we had two Canadian teams that's in almost 30 years ago. It was Holy the second shit. time in the decade that these two teams met in that's the finals. Right. Yeah, so super cool. Uh, with the Flames winning in 89. Um, Brian Mulroney is the uh, Prime Minister in 1989 in Canada. Just trying to get a climate of the, uh, That's the right. times, what's going on. Um, and Mulroney was like our, uh, uh, the Canadian, uh, like Reagan, Thatcher kind of conservative. Totally. Absolutely, yep. Right on the heels of, right on the heels of like Thatcher economics. Yeah. and Absolutely. Reagan economics. There's got to be a more concise way to say that, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you put those things yeah, together. Yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah. Uh, not you know. Not not a loved prime minister at the no. time, um, or any time. Deep baritone. Uh, yeah. Probably a uh, lot of chin. There was so a, much. A that's what I, that's what I, I remember once, the most. Yeah. Who would do an impression of Brian Mulroney, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a vocal impression. It right. was just a facial impression. He could. Stretch his face and make himself look like (laughs) Brian Mulroney. (laughs) He was also a mime, so he would do Brian Mulroney climbing a ladder. Oh, (laughs) and getting his chin cut. Weird. Yeah, pretty well. Yeah, was it believable? You're like, I'm there. Sort of. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Musically, 1989 is a super weird year. We're starting to get into the 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 air is changing. Yeah, the underground is coming. That's right. Sonic Youth is really blowing the fuck up. Um, and there's big, big albums in 89. Like, if you go, if you look at somebody's best of 1989 list now, when we have all the, you know, the, the ability to look back through history and have time with albums, sure, it's great, because it's Doolittle. It's the Stone Roses. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's a lot of cool fucking records. And, uh, but, like, what was selling is Like a Prayer. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a giant record. Yeah, enormous. And nothing against that. I, nope. got, I got time for Madonna. Uh, Find Your Cannibals. Ron the Cooked. That, that's enormous the, record. The big singles on that one, right? Oh yeah, she yeah. drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. Good thing. Oh right. Yeah. Two no. big it, uh, oh and uh, ah, fucking, there was a, like a third and fourth, I believe. Uh, Not the man I used to be. It's also a hit, and uh, some kind of slow jam they had, but nothing quite as big as she drives me right. crazy, which was a world-swallowing album. Um, what else is going on in '89? 
Bobby Brown, Don't Be Cruel. Holy. Oh, yeah. Uh, New Kids on the Block are Hanging Tough. Richard Marks. Here's what's going on. The number one albums in September of 89, when Up to Here comes out, the number one albums that month are Repeat Offender by Richard Marks. Richard Marks, his yeah. second record, Repeat yeah. Offender. <laughs> See what he did? <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Uh, Hanging Tough, New Kids on the Block. Girl, You Know It's True, Millie Vanilli. Forever Your Girl, Paula Abdul, and Dr. Feelgood, Motley Crue. He's one the of those one they call Dr. Feelgood. <laughs> He's going to make you feel all right. <laughs> hmm. um, great comic, <laughs> Levi McDougall, just tweeted something just the other day about this, and it was, he's the one they call Dr. Feelgood. He's the one that says, a name's not Dr. Feelgood, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. thanks, Levi. Yeah. Um, that record does not fit. At all. Uh, I mean, we're... Dr. Feelgood? Right. Mm. Yeah. Like, uh, we're cresting a wave here of pop music. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah. But that weird L.A. glammy well, hair metal... St- it's, it's, it's because that thing was going away. That yeah. ship was sinking. But then Guns N' Roses was like, no! no not gonna go. It's going on, sexy biker rock. Motley Crue scored a six-record, like, $80 million deal or mm. something off... Dr. Feelgood. That's like fucking... A, like an, some guy, somebody is fucking stupid. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> unbelievable what the, the money that they the got for that. Luck, they broke up the right luck after. of Dr. Feelgood being this successful at this time. Because, I, I mean, it's coming. It's riding a couple of stinkers in. Like, girls, oh yeah. girls, girls. It was pretty bad. It's just terrible. Yep. Horrible. And I liked Motley Crue. I was a fan. I had some time with uh, Crue. Theater pain, shout out to the devil. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean listen, if I listen to it now, that album sucks. <laughs> It's so bad. He can't sing. No, he, he just can't cannot sing. possibly sing. No, I mean they're you know they're whatever they are, but he cannot yeah, yeah. sing. But so, uh, I will tell you, I saw Motley Crue on that tour. Theater of Pain. Theater. No, um, Doctor Feelgood. Oh, I saw them on Theater of Pain. Too. Do you know where they played? No. in Toronto for Theater uh, for Doctor Feelgood. Huh. The Sky Dome. Yeah. Fifty three thousand yeah. people in that building to yeah. see Motley Crue. I bet. Wow. What the fuck? Right. Yeah. So this is what's going on musically yeah. in '89. Yeah. But there is an underbelly. Growing. It's starting to gurgle. Raw. Yep. More honest. Mm, less pop oriented. Yeah. Uh, less effects. Uh, well, Sonic Youth all of a sudden got people yeah. sort of looking in that direction. And if you, um, I mean, if you watch uh, any of the, you know, if you watch singles or any of that stuff, or yeah. the, even the, the Pearl Jam 20th documentary, yeah. uh, the Andrew Wood stuff, the Mother Love Bone stuff yeah. was really making people sort of look over there. And it was a weird hybrid of like... I guess that's almost... It's glammy. Yeah. It's, it's they got meddling. a song called Star Dog Champion. <laughs> Come on. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when um, all of the 90s shit broke yeah. and you went back, you're like, oh, yeah, Andrew Wood was the real beginning of all this and Mother Love Bone and I bought Apple... Without hearing a song, because it was like, oh, this is the thing. Right. This is where it all started. That's right. Here's your grunge ground floor. And I put right. it on. I'm like, what? This is totally uh, Dr. Feelgood. Some cock rock, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right? <laughs> what about, um, I was going to ask you about uh, Jane's. When does- um, Jane's Addiction? Yeah. When does the record with Ben Cut Stealing come out? Um, is that 89? Oh, that's 90. Oh, okay. Um, okay. You had the uh, their their debuts in 87. Okay. Um, the, the live-ish album. Uh, which is just called Jane's Addiction. And then you got uh, uh, Nothing Shocking in right. 88, which is one of the best things I've ever heard. And then, uh, yeah, Ritual low do, do, Ritual the Low Habitual in 90. Right. And then that's, you know, that's the gateway to all things. Because, I mean, as big as, as much as Teen Spirit blew the doors open and that's radio formats changed and everything like that, the first, like, the first little boot kick to get the door open and let people in was Ben Codd Stealing. 
Yeah, but, uh, it, it was a huge radio song, and yeah. that's not a radio song. No, no. nothing in it rhymes. No, no, <laughs> and it's, it's uh, ridiculous. I mean, he's singing in a very strange way. Yeah, the video is odd. He has pantyhose on his head. Anyway, yeah, it's just like it's unconventional. But it's like the weirdos were starting to fight their way through the door. But that bass breakdown. Oh man, back. I love Gene's addiction. <laughs> but what they became makes them yeah. so tainted. It's a bummer. Um. Anyway, so there's a lot going on. There's a lot of non-identity to the 80s anymore. Rock yeah, is changing. Yeah. People are sick of it. I mean, they're so sick of it or people just don't even know what to do The Dr. Feelgood's a hit. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So clearly people are searching for something and there's things brewing and I guess they were brewing out of Kingston, Ontario for some bizarre reason. Um, uh, up to here, I've, a very loved album. This is, of the big releases, this is one of the biggest really. Um, particularly I found when people went nuts uh, with you know, trying to find, you know, buying albums again in the last couple of years with the news book board and buying things on vinyl up to here sold like fucking crazy and and listen I get it entirely it's a very good record but th- it's, it really has uh, it has a hold on people it, it, it was does. immediately very big this album the diamond sales in Canada um, one of the big few. fucking hits one yeah of, one I of the few they, I think they have three that are diamond. Yeah. yeah. And this is one. Well, there's what, what, four gigantic hits on this album. Okay, yeah, New Orleans, Blow It High Doe. Which is, well, yeah, New Orleans, which is bigger than everything. Yeah. Uh, Blow It High Doe, 38 years old. Yeah. Boots Are Hearts. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is just a really non-offensive record. No. This is a record that you can put on in, gosh, you could probably put it on the Queen's Pub. Mm-hmm. You know, the pub mm-hmm. at Queen's. You could put it on at the pub at, you know, York University in the Fine Arts Building. Yep. Um, you could put it on in the watering hole where I grew up, yeah. where, you know, people are, you know, like the, the farmers are done after a long, hard day of work, yeah. and they want to hear some great music yeah. while they drink their Labatt Crystal. Totally. You know, <laughs> oh, it, wow. it, it is really, I think it's a really appealing record to yep. like a broad spectrum yeah. of people. Uh, yeah, and this captures like the, the barroom sound that was going on in the sort of like back to basics, Things stripped down vibe that people were really gravitating to at the end of the 80s and would ultimately define how music's going to sound in the 90s. Not that they sound like a 90s band, particularly not here. This is a very bluesy record. Um, and I'll just to lay my cards on the table, I think this record is pretty good. Okay. This is this one's... Like a 7 out of 10? Yeah. Okay. This one, okay. for me, in the grand scope of their career and yeah. all the albums, this one's on a little bit on the lower side for me. But that being said, I love this album. Of course. Yeah. yeah it, it's <laughs> Don't tough. get me wrong. I love this record. That's right. But it has songs that I can kind of, I'm just, you know, they don't they don't get me like some of the later albums are going to be cruising like all the way have, through. If you have 15 ants that are all wonderful people, <laughs> this is, you know, this is the ant that is like, yeah, yeah, yeah he's really fine. Great. He's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have ants that are boys? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, you're nice. Um, so, uh that being said, there is this universal glue to this record that I think is super fucking cool. Um, New Orleans is singing is such an enormously big song; it's almost silly in Canada. If you're listening from somewhere in the states, you're just like, I might have heard that, or you don't know, or you're gonna have to look it up, or something like that. That song is so huge here, so well known across the board. I was out on a, uh, I went out to a bachelor party a few years back. Um, and I got very, very <laughs> ill because I drank way too much Crown Royal. Oh, God. Um, my friend wanted to call him, like, nice little bachelor party and out in the, out in the county. And I'm like, that sounds nice. But I at his stag and dough, I won a, 
a Texas Mickey of Crown Royal. So you donated it to the party? Yeah, I took it to the party. And right. you know, great. And so we, and we had quite a bit of it. And then they wanted to get up really early and go fishing. Has <laughs> and I'm a, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, all right. <laughs> but I mean, we didn't go to bed until like four, four in the morning. We were up at <laughs> seven to go fishing. And I'm a city fella. I don't really go fishing very much. And um, and uh, there was still quite a bit of liquor inside of me. And I ate a horrible, very poorly cooked breakfast. And then you were on a boat. Uh, and then we got on a boat and I made the mistake of uh, going down below and lying down <laughs> while we were going out into the middle of the lake, and it was a very bumpy go. And it, I was like, it was just so very cool and dark down there. It was nice. And then I came up, and I was feeling very wonky, and I ended up um, throwing up all over Lake Ontario. Uh, just well, heavily, And it just wouldn't stop. <laughs> it, I Like the point where, like, there shouldn't be anything else coming. Like bone marrow was coming out of me. <laughs> oh it, was, it was a nightmare. I've never felt so awful in my life. I assure you Lake Ontario had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> This is for you. And anyway, the the the, the point of the story is, um, I had to. They were, they were making a whole weekend out of this thing, but I had to go back that day uh, to work. Oh, and so I'm like, just like, I just want to die now. I have to go into the city and re- resume bartending. Um, but <laughs> to get from works. the cottage we were staying at to get back to the train, I was going to take back into uh, the city. I had to get a lift, uh, like a 20 minute drive from this kid who was like, I don't know if he like worked for one of the guys who was there or something like that, because we were all in our late 30s, and then there's this kid hanging out with us who's like 21 or something like that, and he was fine. He was just like, a, but, you know, he and I could not be more different. I'm almost twice his age. I'm, you know, I grew up in the city, and this guy is very small-town country boy. Like He had his, like, name tattooed across his back. Oh. <laughs> He's just like... And that was like his last, I don't know, anyway, it was almost like a Nick, I don't even remember, but he was just like kind of a, just, just a, I don't know, country fella. And, uh, we had no possible, uh, shared interests <laughs> or, <laughs> right. or similar experiences. And we're driving and I just feel like a fucking bag of shit, like, uh, five pounds of shit in a four pound bag. And, uh, <laughs> and we're driving to the train and I'm just like, uh, and the radio's on and then, New Orleans is sinking comes on the radio and me feeling like garbage and this kid who he and I have no anything alike at all saying every word the entire way oh that's great. through the song and so he and I just have this like tragically hip experience we're like yeah 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 right that's... and that's and that's what it is and then he made sweet love to you and then we, yeah and then we just kissed and kissed <laughs> <laughs> and but I think that's what it is I think that's the cool thing where there's this guy he and I could not be more different in life experience uh, interests, age, everything, tattoo choices, um, <laughs> or how much we just vomited on a lake. But we all, we both know all the fucking words to New Orleans is sinking, whether we want to or not. Oh, that's so great! And it was awesome. And we just like fucking just flying down this nice fucking country fucking side road, belting out New Orleans is sinking is a fine way to go. Yeah, I mean, the record you mentioned earlier too it has a feel to it. Yeah, uh, produced by. Don Smith. Smith. Yeah. The yeah. least rock and roll name ever. Right. Don Smith. <laughs> and I think they recorded it, I think they recorded it down south somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um if not, I might be mixing that up with uh the follow up record. But yeah. it's got it there's it's got like a sweaty bar room it does. feel to it. Yeah. So, you know, whether I, I don't know much about Don Smith, but it, it, it sounds as though he knows what he's doing because yeah. he heard these songs and he was like, This is what it should be feel like yeah 
And it does have a feel. Yeah, it does. All the way through, and all the songs really hang together well. It's a total vibe. You put that on, you're going to get the right vibe for the whole record, which is hard to do. Yeah. And now, I, you know, I don't want It feels wanna, like a set. I don't want to come across like I'm down on this album or anything like that. It's just <laughs> on my hip scale, it's a little lower. That's um, right. But it really, that's hard That's hard to do, to have a bunch of songs really maintain a vibe and energy all the way through without being monotonous, which it isn't. Um, and there's all kinds of things that are so positive and amazing about this album. Um, Blow It High Dough, like, I don't know, I don't know if there's, like, a cooler way to start a song than have the first, like, fucking 20 seconds of Blow It High Dough. They shot a moving one. My hometown Everybody was in it For miles around Out at the speedway Some kind of thing. Well, I ain't no movie star But I can get behind anything Yeah, I can get behind anything. Get it out, get it all out. Yeah, stretch that thing. Get the fuck out, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the leap, the, the enormous leap uh, in the, uh, the bravado, the character uh, uh, defining sort of strides he makes as a vocalist and the band has as, as musicians from the EP to this and there's so much moxie and fucking attitude going on nothing against the first EP but it's just like it's not there none of this 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 fully realized band isn't really there that's just a demo for playing the roadhouse you know Absolutely. like the, and this is just it's got so much uh, identity which is I think that's their strongest case for what makes them so unique to uh, Canadian fans is that the identity of this band is very um, peculiar, but very unique and very specific to them. And it's all there, and it's so there in the beginning of Blow It High Dough. It just sets the tone. It really does. You know, it's so big. And like, I, I think New Orleans, New Orleans is thinking, like, it's sort of hard to talk about that song uh, because it's so big and so played. And like I get it because it's so good, but you kind of lose the nuance of why that song is good when it becomes that big, when the song's like almost bigger than the band. You know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> like like Thin Lizzy's uh, Boys, Boys Are Back, back in Town, yeah, right? For sure. Like that song's too big. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure <laughs> the band it I'm fucks sure. up Thin Lizzy. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the band felt it because what they opted to start doing with this song really early on, yeah, is taking that interlude portion. Mm-hmm. You know, right before. Um, Hey, there's a light bulb hanging yeah. on a wire, and just letting Gord sort of just go off, yeah. and, and the band go off too. I mean, sure. they, they, you know, they slow slow jammed him, and 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 he went and came up with shit, some of which became really famous stuff, yeah, like very there's, famous. There's a, <laughs> there's a song uh, from an, an EP called "Live at the Roxy," where where he does the famous Killer Whale Tank. I don't know yeah. if you heard that, but that is just you know just such a phenomenal little story he tells. Yeah, and I, I think. As a radio track, the song ended up taking a few steps back for me because when you hear it on the radio, it's just three just minutes and 40 seconds or whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is what it is. It's in, it's out, and you know, you're almost expecting just this little story or mm-hmm. anecdote or him 
just talking about something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just the song when you hear it on the radio. Yeah. But it's so good because, and, and like, th- that guitar riff is phenomenal. <laughs> oh, it's, it's great. Like, just fuck off. Again, it's that attitude. It's that kind of, that extra thing you need. Not just, like, we can write a good song, but we got this flair thing to it. Like, that riff is, it really stands out. It's really stunning, you know? And well, and, well, like, where were they hiding this stuff? Because yeah, cause it's the leap. Again, it's so, it's in, it's day and night. Yeah. The EP to this. Yeah. You know? there's there's not a riff on that on that maybe Evelyn has sort of that right but yes yeah but there's but nothing. I mean I mean that's I guess those are the songs you write when you have you only write songs and play music when you have time when it's your hobby right. because you're in school or working and then up to here is what happens when these guys are like okay it's your job it's our job now so yeah. you just spend five days a week jamming with each other yeah and writing. yeah you're right i guess that's what it is when you have the when you have the luxury of being able to t- really take time to write i mean they you say know? uh in the in the just released documentary paul langua or pardon mm-hmm. me um johnny pay mm-hmm. the drummer youngest in the band finished his grade 13 exam mm-hmm. his brother picked him up drove him to toronto dropped him off at the horseshoe where they played their first gig in <laughs> toronto wow Kind of a cool first day, right? Wow, man! Yeah, and I'm sure Neat. there was. I'm sure that place was stacked with the and guys at that time, and yeah, sure, because it would have been '87 or yeah, yeah, a different kind of beast. How all these things worked, you know? Yeah. Wow. How about that? That's so track list. So track listing wise, we go. We go from blow high dough. Uh, I'll be leaving you, or I'll be leaving you tonight. Oh. Sinclair or Downey, but this is just some fun, yeah, wordplay. Right? Great wordplay, rock yeah. and roll. Yeah, yeah. and then and again, there's that little interstitial moment, um, you know, the 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 boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife or whatever, yeah. right? Where, where, um, where it breaks down right before yeah. the right before the solo, and it's just he's he's belting it. He has be he has become this singer that they talk about in the documentary again. They mm-hmm. talk about this singer that was in a band called the Slinks. From the other side of Kingston, and they wanted him in their band so bad. Yeah, and then you listen to some of that early material um, from Kingston with the sax player and the saxophone player in it, and yeah, he's a great singer, but it's yeah. very, very uh, you know eight bar blues and yeah. and it's you know they do a cover of Sweet Jane on one of them that oh, yeah. is just terrible, <laughs> it's just terrible, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like I don't know where this guy was hiding, but all of a sudden you're right, there's a moxie there. Yeah, it's just. Staggering. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans is thinking of the uh, yeah. third track. We talked about the third
long streams Loose and complete in the skies of smoky blue-green I can't forsake a Dixie Ditchie So we dance the sidewalk clean My memory is muddy What's this river that I'm in? It's new People are expecting a killer whale, and they see a human. They get spooked. Spooked. Anyway, I do that. But I was, I was in the water this particular day, unbeknownst to me, Shamu and Bartholomew. Their relationship had gone stale. Seems I was going in there so much, and I was looking so good. took a shining to me. And they're so smart, those things, you know? They got all these human emotions. Love, lust, green, hundred-year-old-eyed jealousy. Bartholomew was livid. 
I will. I think I have to land on 38 years old as being. I'm going to take one song from this album that I think really nails it the most, or for me anyway, is 38 years old. And it's got that when Gore, the Gord's vocal approach on this, you really get the first big uh, look at his very unusual cadence. Yep. Um, that's very slippery. You don't even notice how bizarre it is where he throws in his vocal lines. They, 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 they flow very strangely with the music. So I've talked to a lot of dudes who are guitar players, and they've tried to play guitar and sing hip songs and can't do it. Really? Because the rhythm is totally different, right? Um, it's like extremely complicated drumming or something like that. The uh, the elusive cadence of Gord Downey um, and the, the the sort of weird way it works rhythm, rhythmically with the music would become more and more prevalent as, as you go along. And, this, and the, the strange way he phrases things where he'll cut off a line or extend a line to make it fit into the song, but never in a strange sort of way, you know? Um, and I feel like 38 years old is one of those where it's like it's, it's it's sort of like a little bit hard to sing along with too. It's got this strange little flow to it where his accent points are bizarre. Um, but I also feel like this song has like a, a very specific to tragically hip kind of moment to it. And it's not like a big thing. It's a, a thing uh, something like a lot of bands do. But you have first the opening uh, the opening verse. Um, with Gordon and the story. Chairman broke loose in 73 From Millhaven Maximus Drop pictures lined up across the front page Seems the man who's had a summertime fall away But the chief told the people there nothing to fear Last thing they wanna do is hang around here. Most of came from town for long French name. For one another dozen words, a hometown shame. Same pattern on the table, same clock on the wall. Been one seat empty 18 years and all. Freezing slow time away from the world. He's 38 years old, never kissed a girl. He's 38 years old, never kissed a girl. And then when the song finally drops and you get the pop of the snare and That's boom right. and we drop in. It is so hip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That the whole vibe of it, how it flows, where the snare hit happens to lead it into the song actually having a groove now. Um, it's just, it, it has this vibe that's so quintessentially them and I love it. I love it. I, it almost takes my breath away a little bit every time that drop happens. It's so fucking perfect. Same pattern on the table, same clock on the wall. That, <sighs> that, like the, the, that pre-chorus yeah. part of it. And then yeah. chop, and then we just, we're into the song and it's, so I think that's why I'd have to call like 38 years old. I think would be my, it's going to be my bookmark pick of this record. And that it's almost that moment. And the lyrics are so great. He sings it so beautifully. Um, and it's got such a nice little guitar nuance to it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, it's the first of many, tragically hip, for lack of a better term, we'll call them slow songs, where sure. you see people slow dancing <clears throat> to this song, and you're singing the words in your head, and you're going, 
you can't grab that girl's butt yeah. while she's dancing. Like, you <laughs> yeah. can't make a move to, yeah, to, yeah. to kiss. This is some dark stuff going on this here. Is, yeah, and you've, yeah. Got, you've got couples that have been together for years, and they're like they're staring wistfully into one another's eyes, and yeah. they're, you know, and it's just a, it's just a horrible, sad story. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, the hit became masters of this as, as yeah. time went on. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and this is uh, this is also a very good uh, example of something they would do frequently with Gord's lyrics is something a little bit rooted in reality, but also a little bit myth and fantasy, too, because yes, there was a prison break in 1972. Um, but the the the, um, uh, the revenge kill storyline stuff that the, that's fictional you know or like right. a myth of another story so like the blending of histories and things like that and like you know kind of playing with uh small town rumors and stories and stuff like that but mixing them with a real that like yes this prison had this breakout in this year well very. even to the extent that i think his brother is his brother's name is mike it he is does, yeah he does have a which is weird mike. but mike's yeah. his brother mike is like a documentary filmmaker and like <laughs> exactly you know, he's just fine everything's right, okay yeah. no prison or death for him he's okay no yeah, doing he's fine good. he's good yeah uh, <coughs> lots of kissing, lots of kissing for this yeah. guy. Yeah, <laughs> so much kissing. Um, or I presume, anyway, who knows? Um, but yeah, that's that kind of cool mystique that starts to come out. That this album just just starts to hint at uh, what they would really become masters of. And I still feel like that this is the song. I really like that you chose that as your song to take away, because. It, it does offer that glimpse into what's to come. Yeah. The song that I'm going to choose as well is going to yeah. do something similar, I think. Okay. But for, for different reasons. Okay, cool. All right. Let's keep going through our uh, track listing here. Here's She Didn't Know. And that's what this album is, I feel like. It's like like inspired, unique, fucking awesome song, and yep. then like pretty good rock and roll song. That's right. Yeah. 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 And it, listen, it's I love a great that, song. I love that. I love driving seven, to this 7 song. 7 a.m. and she woke by the radio. Yeah, man. This is a very good driving song. Yeah. Great you know? song. Yep. This is a good driving record in general. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. It's like good old rock and roll driving song. <laughs> That's what I think, really. Keep your eye on the speedometer, though. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Drive, drive, fast. drive safe, Not everyone. Do fast. Let's have a nice time for everyone. What do you think about Boots or Hearts? Um, when I was a teenager, yeah. I did not care for the song. Okay. At all. Yeah, I can, I can, <laughs> I can see that. It was just a little too, like, kind of like, 
cute a country, country rocking something song for me, and that was not my thing, because this was not my first hip album either. Okay. So I this I this was my because listen, you have to remember that there was a time where you had to very carefully choose what album Absolutely. you paid for, That's right? Particularly when you were a teenager with no fucking money, That's like right. So the you know this not being my first hip album, this one I got to uh, after Day for Night. This was my second after Road Apples. Right. Um, so somewhere around after after Day for Night, in between, uh, before uh, Trouble the Hen House, I guess, is so, when I finally so picked nine, those up. And like, I knew the songs. You yeah, know? of course. The big did. ones. They were and all like, on the radio. Who should have it? And I finally was like, I got a little yeah. extra couple bucks. Let's get it here. And, and, and so, and I was like, yeah, it's good. And But like Boots or Hearts, I was like, nah. into much <clears throat> heavier music at the time. Uh, I don't mean like emotionally heavy, but I mean, I listened to a lot of metal and punk and all the grunge shit that was going on. You know, I was very into that. So Boots or Hearts did not resonate with me at the time. Tonally. And I, and I just, I, so I don't think I really paid attention to the lyrics when it came out. So now, and for many years, I love Boots or Hearts. Yeah. Fucking love the shit out of it. It's a really gored type of lyric oh, as well, right? Like, man. You know? And it's that, but yeah, it's that gored thing of like, like he's got the the wit and the thoughtfulness and stuff like that, but sometimes he's got the, 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 the grinning menace, and there's a little bit of that in this fucking song. Well, there is. Who, who would compare somebody's broken heart to a pair of old boots? <laughs> yeah. It's just great. It's just yeah. the, the idea that they're well-worn and yeah. they're... You know, they've got holes in them. Yeah. Ah, I don't know. Love yeah. it. So good. Uh, fucking terrific song. And again, like the, the leap, the fucking leap. And the EP to this. Man, 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 man. Yeah, meant to do it, clearly. Um, so then this is where, this is where, like, why this album is low in my hip. All right. The uh, measuring stick. Because, um, I mean, you've had some big fucking tracks here. That have lasted on side one for thirty years, you know, right? Yep. Side one, bit of side two, blow it, I do. New Orleans thinking, thirty-eight years old, boots or hearts. I'll believe in you. I'll believe in you tonight. <clears throat> Back into the album. We're gonna slow it down a little bit. We're gonna no. slow it down a little bit. Not nothing quite as iconic. Nope. Things don't land so heavily. You know, they they loaded up this record top heavy for a reason. You know, so people did at the beginning. You know, side A is gonna get the, all the play. <clears throat> so uh, next we got Every Time You Go 
I like, die for this song. I, I, oh yeah, I, okay, I, great. Go I, I sell me, sell me, sell me, because I'm like, I think it's pretty good. <clears throat> it's but this is like a, a she didn't know. It's a, a good. <laughs> oh dude, this song is this song is way better than uh, good. It's not pedestrian to me at all. I mean, first of all, you've got lyrics that just uh, like anyone I knew a Dave. Uh, yeah. Sets the scene really, really well. I think uh, it's telling. You know, he's he's telling a story in this song a little bit differently than some of the other songs. I think. Second of all, come on. He uses the word unfurls. Are you? <laughs> you know, they're kidding me. Unfurls. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. Then you've got the chorus coming up with Paul Langlois' backup vocals. This is one of the first tracks that I really think that his vocals come out and slap you in the face. So, you know, there's that. Then lastly, there's this rhythm guitar part that just fucking makes me go cuckoo. Whenever we played this song live, I would always try and vocalize the rhythm guitar part because I feel like the rhythm guitar part is being vocalized to us. So you've got uh, that big uh, that big fill off the top. Um, you know, the lead, the lead part comes in and then there's like on the drums and then the lead kicks in and it's like you're playing the three chords and then all of a sudden this rhythm guitar part picks in and it's almost like it got a yeah, 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 something like that. And we go to weight comes down right after that to me this is a song that structurally sort of fails because you've got a verse that's okay you've got a chorus that you know sort of brings you down a bit a little yeah. bit of a drag and then you've got this fucking bridge that is so great uh throughout the whole song gord is deep you know more deep and guttural than he is in other songs but that fucking bridge is unbelievable it's just a shame that the chorus is a, a, a bit of a drag <laughs> a bit of a drag <laughs> That's uh, 
you know, a nice clever lyric. I have no fucking clue what this song is about, but I do know that we've got a, you know, a pretty Canadian reference in yeah. all the drinks are on the crown. It's just a matter of trickle down. So for our American listeners, um, when we refer to the crown in Canada, that is typically referring to um, a representative of the queen. Uh, it could be political. It could be in the legal system or something like that. Our our DAs in Canada are called crown attorneys. Yeah, and I, and again, I want to say there. I don't think there's a bad song. There's better than others. Absolutely. Old Lance died. Got left behind. Got your teeth. Lose me to man. It's just a matter of time. Keys to the coast. You might the king. That's it. That's all. That's everything. Skeletons. Come here to dance. The bottoms beat the brothers into a bloody trance. Why still? What did I do? Who cops out of Another Midnight. Love Another Midnight. I love Another Midnight. That's a good song. Um, that's the, that's, it, I, I have to give it to this album is it ends strong. I agree. Because, uh, yeah, Another Midnight's a good track. It was a coal mine in the spring. Blinded with its dusty resolutions Broke his back for higher contributions Now we take anything Well, she was 1970 Burning like a cigarette long season Eddie all the families of treasons She makes love hard like an enemy And we leave this record behind with a yes. song that I think really mm-hmm. does a good job of saying this is where we're going. Yeah. This is this is what's happening. Even though again, it's a pretty bluesy song. It's mm. pretty straightforward. There's something about the lyric that I just think is No, I so wonderful. fully agree with you. So we're talking about opiate. Yeah. And that would be my song. Final track. From this yeah. And that's a great pick. And you're totally right. But my engine is clean. He bought a nice blue suit with the 
he could find If his bride didn't like it, St. Peter wouldn't that window into now, now you and I have talked about this uh, prior to getting this show started up um, that there's almost like a you can almost get a little uh, hint at what's going to come the next record on each of their albums yeah. there's some track where you're like this is where they're going to go you know you can kind of trace it back there's this like little uh, DNA line or something like that you know and Opiated I think is definitely the you know the wink of like all right we did this blues rocking album, and uh, we're moving on now. Yeah, you know? yeah, I think so, because I think if you know, if in 1988 they had went up and you know had demos for a lot of these songs and went on stage and played them, mm-hmm. even though this fits in the set, it, it stands out a little bit it's as well. A really different track, and there's something foreboding about it. Um, that lyric, "Now I lie here, so out of breath and over opiated." And again, hmm. going back to what your friend said, you know, just lyrically, I just I just said it as a sentence, but the way he says it mm-hmm. is, and now I lie here so out of breath and over-opiated. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's just something a little bit different. Yeah, he puts us, man, and we'll, we're going to talk about it a lot, but the cadence and uh, the phrasing he has and how it makes uh, heavy lines float past you uh, or lighter lines feel far more impactful because he has this unusual way of delivering them you know yep who um, I don't know who's the who's whoever said uh, it's you know it's uh, 10% what you say and 90% how you say it like you know it's a very important thing with rock and roll and uh, Gord was maybe the master of Either, uh, again, making a, a small thing seem super big or letting a really big thing kind of coast past you and hit you later, you know? Like, really special way of uh, enunciating his lyrics. I don't know. Two things. I yes. think it was Stephen Covey. Okay. <laughs> and I cool. Think, and I think that you're totally right. Yeah. There's, <laughs> you know, there's... <laughs> there's well, fucking A, man. All right. End of <laughs> podcast. Let's go home. <laughs> This is where we invite the listeners. Oh, if yeah, there's yeah. anything on the you know, you back, stories? back of this your, record, yeah, yeah. are we wrong? What, where, what's, I, I always want to know what people... Like, I have such a, you know, albums I love with various bands, a, cl- a clear map of, like, what's the best track? What's, you know, and, you you know, you'd be surprised sometimes when you run into people and find out what, like, their deep cut song is. Like, oh, no shit, really. And it kind of makes you listen to it differently when you hear someone's perspective on it or why it's so good, you know? Like, you don't... Or that little thing that you don't notice in it, like, the, yeah, 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 is that, like, something that's buried underneath. Like, oh, you know, I never really focused on that thing. And, yeah, that really makes that song. That's always a neat discovery to have. And so... I, I ho- hopefully, there's, we can start a dialogue with some people with this show, and uh, yeah, it'd be great. Find out what their moments are. What's your up to here moment, man? Am I wrong with 38 years old? No, but what <laughs> the, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Thank you for listening. I'm on a superior. All right, okay. clean up your shit. <laughs>